You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech fan number 127 with Tim Robertson, David Cohen, and more on Android. Tim got a new game system. Some other cool stuff. Check it out. Tech fan number 127, I'm Tim Robertson, and I'm not alone this week. David, I was so alone last week. I know. <laughs> I was lonely too. You heard I was something? even more lonely when I listened to the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to be there, man. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant because, you know, you felt so alone listening to this poor schmuck talk for almost an hour. No, it was late, I could. I could feel my, uh, I could feel the hole I'd left in the show. Yes, absolutely. I would agree with that. Didn't sound right. Um, Let's not talk about feeling holes anymore. No, that's not that. It'd be a whole different show. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you know, it was um, it was different doing a show by myself. Uh, I don't usually do them, and when I know I'm going to do one by myself, um, every now and then I'll still get a little nervous. I'm like, oh man, I hope I can actually do a show by myself. Once I start, I'm fine, but I don't know. It's it's just weird. I like the conversation better. Yeah. You know, I, I could do it by myself, but I don't like to. Mm. The whole point is you and I talking. Exactly. So what'd or you th- somebody. Or somebody, right. Uh, so what would you think of uh, my discussion on the Android phone? Well, it didn't really surprise me. Uh, I mean, that is that particular phone is a low-end phone. So I'm not surprised it felt cheap. It's a low-end phone that costs $180. Is that contract-free, though? Yes. Yeah, so you can get Windows phones for the same sort of money. Um, and it's kind, of, it's kind of a new segment in the market now is to have contract-free phones without having to spend five, $600 on them. So it didn't surprise me that it felt cheap. But you know what? Some people are happy to put up with that. Obviously, you know, you're used to more expensive phones, so it's going to feel odd to you. But uh, I wasn't surprised by your experience with the software. Well, that's Uh, because, you know, the carriers lay on their own layer of garbage on top of Android. Yeah, this is this is basically it's it's the way we used to get Windows PCs that also had the same. In fact, still do have the same problem. Um, And because um, Android is an open platform, there's. Google's basically is not really in position to, to do anything about it, and it's um, not their fault. Well, Although, it, it, it is their fault in that they chose that business model, knowing right. full well what the, the what the carriers and the manufacturers would do. Because remember, you can't blame you can't not blame Samsung as well. Some of that stuff on there is theirs. Yeah, oh, no question. Yeah. So, so you know, you, it's actually worse than Windows in that you've got a whole load of people pitching stuff in there. Right. It's got a, a layer of Sam, Samsung crap that they just basically, for the most part, replace the user interface with one that's quite honestly garish and hard to understand and not intuitive at all um, and doesn't work right half the time. I tried to answer a phone call and it wouldn't let me pick it up. Uh, a great example, and, and we just got feedback that I followed the link and actually read this article. But um, and <laughs> this was exactly my experience. Yeah. So I saw Sam Levin had called me on this phone because I had called him. He didn't answer because he saw it was from Kansas. He's like, "Who the hell's in Kansas? I don't know anybody yeah. in Kansas." So he didn't answer the phone. So I left a message, and then when he called back, uh, put you know pushing the button to answer it did not work. So I, again, had to call him. So I clicked the, the recent calls, and I just clicked the number. What would you imagine that should do? Well, I should call him. Right. But no, it opens the contact, and then you have to click the, the number again. Yeah. So now it's two pushes just to call someone back. Ugh. It's terrible. It's, well, I mean, this problem is so bad that one of the things Gal- uh, Google has done is, is offered to provide their own phones or you know top-end manufacturer phones where they've cleaned all the stuff off and they've put their own specific build on don't you think this is leading them down a path 
uh, that's going to be the doom of Android if this continues. And I don't see it getting better. I see it getting much, much worse. I, the difficulty, I think, is that despite all of these problems, Android is still the top seller. Well, only because it's on so many phones on yeah. so many carriers. But, I mean, yeah, the, but nevertheless, the, there's quite a large part of the smartphone market. And let's face it, the smartphone market is essentially the phone market. Yeah, there, there is no dumb yeah. phone market yeah. anymore. Right. It's, it's small. The, the, dumb, the dumb phone market is effectively is a niche. Yes. So, so it's, the, it's the majority of the market. Effectively, what's happening through either accident or design, so either because people don't realize what they're buying or because they choose to pay a lower price knowing they're going to get a poor experience, the market is saying, we will put up with this. And while they're putting up with it, then the manufacturers will continue to do it. The only reason that, uh, that a carrier can afford to provide a contract-free phone at that sort of money because let's face it, the, the technology in these things, even on a basic phone, is pretty is pretty advanced. Absolutely. The only way they can afford to do that is the fact that the phone is subsidized, not by carrier fees on a contract like they would normally do, but it's subsidized by the kickbacks from all the various organizations who go into putting in the software thing on that phone. I would so agree Samsung, with you, except... Samsung's giving, giving the carrier a kickback. Yeah, see, I, I, don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy that that's the cost is that high because if that if that was the case then what about the iPhone? The iPhone you're buying at the same exact price range on the same carriers and it doesn't have any of this crap. Free. Well, if you, you buy if you can buy a, an iPhone contract free, absolutely. You can buy it from uh, Apple for $180. Well, no, they don't have such a low-end phone, but right, this that's, that's, but the That's problem you're describing like, describing isn't just on low end phones. It's on no, the I'm, the flagship HTC One and yeah. Galaxy Four, and it's it's on all of them. But the point is, is once they've kind of gone to that experience and they're getting those kickbacks, then I think you know it's very difficult to turn around and say we don't want to do that. We don't want to. The, I, what I imagine inside the carriers and then also inside the, the mobile phone manufacturers is a whole load of competing departments sure. who go out and negotiate these deals. And they say, this is what we get paid for this. And we believe it's part, they basically convince themselves it's part of a adding value. Yeah. You you're hear them you're, say, you're this, exactly we are, right. it's, it's we are value adding added. value to our customers by yep. putting extra crap on the phones. Yep. And the, the problem is, take each one taken individually. You can argue that case or not about how well they execute. The difficulty is when you combine that together to five or six different value add propositions prepared independently. Yes, yeah, some prepared internally by the manufacturer, some prepared internally by the carrier. Quite a few others, I would imagine, actually, as part of the deal, is somebody says, says, well, you know, we're, we're going to put an app on the phone and we've developed it for you. All you need to do is take the money and put it on the phone. And they go, yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. So so go, they go through all of that. And what you end up is a, is a, is a witch's brew of yeah. uh, lousy experiences that combine together to really lower the tone of the whole experience. The problem is... In tech, we've been putting up this with this for 40 years. If you buy a new TV, you buy a new uh, stereo, you get you get um, less than adequate experiences because somebody somewhere along the line said that is good enough and we don't care about making it better. And it's companies like Apple who've come along and turned around and said, we do want to make it better. And, but, but of course, you pay a price for that. You pay a price for that extra thought, that extra engineering, that extra R&D, and then the extra manufacturing costs. And that's why Apple stuff is traditionally more expensive. Here's the difference, though. We're still very new into this smartphone market. And a lot of the people that are getting these Android devices, this is their first phone that they've got like this. Or it might be the second. They might have bought an iPhone to begin with. And then when they went back, oh, well, here's an even cheaper phone. I'll get this one. It looks just like an iPhone. And Samsung, I think, is more guilty than anybody else of making their physical phones look like an iPhone. So they duped a lot of people. And what this is going to do, is, I think, long term, is going to make more people go back to the Apple product that had one originally, upped their contract and got one of these Samsung phones, saw what a bad experience it is, and they're going to go back once their contract is over, of course, because let's face it, it's it's <laughs> it's very expensive to break your contract or to buy a new phone when yeah. you don't have the money. And we've got uh, we'll talk about that. There's 
a couple different U.S. carriers that are doing something that's it sounds like a good idea, but when you really start looking at it, it's not. Um, but last week, oh, and by the way, I did want to mention, if you hear some extra noise in the background, uh, it's extremely hot here in the United States and where I live. It's The temperatures have been over 90 degrees with close to 100% humidity. It's just brutal. And David? Well, it's over 90 degrees here as well. I don't think I don't think we have the humidity you have, but um, it's it's unseasonably hot. In yes. that it, Britain doesn't normally get sustained temperatures of this magnitude, and it's particularly this far north. I'm in the middle of of, of England. Um, sometimes in the southwest, you can it, it can regularly get up there in the summer, but not not here in Manchester. And it's it's well over 90 degrees. I'm sat in a, a conservatory as well, so I've got a polycarbonate roof letting the sun in so it's like a real greenhouse <laughs> a little in here. greenhouse in there <laughs> yeah. yeah well yeah we we have we don't have central air in our house no, it's one of the things i've always wanted but it's really expensive so we have window air conditioners and we have one downstairs and it it the only thing it doesn't really cool down is the kitchen the kitchen has its own little ecosystem if it's yeah. hot outside it's really hot in there if it's cold outside it's really cold in there right Mm-hmm. And so uh, the upstairs air conditioning is at the top of the hallway, and it feeds you know cool air to all the bedrooms. Mm-hmm. But because you know they they are all in closed spaces, you still kind of need a fan in there most of the time. And it's just it's it's fine. Even on really hot days, it's fine, no problem. Except the air conditioning went out a couple of days ago up there. It was still oh. blowing cold, and it was still blowing hard, but you couldn't feel it two feet away. Aye. It would take the bite out of the heat. But it yeah. wouldn't take the actual heat. You know what I mean? Yeah. The sharpness of that. Oh, gosh, this is hot. So uh, we decided we were going to buy a new one. Uh-huh. Here's the fun part. For, I don't know, a year and a half, anytime I get back from Chicago or we go shopping or whatever, I was throwing my change in a jar. Unbeknownst yeah. to me, Julie was uh, occasionally emptying the jar. I didn't notice. And she was putting it in a, a much larger container. So when I decided, okay, enough is enough. I can't sleep upstairs. It's just way too hot. I'm really sensitive to heat. I really am. Um, she said, well, let's use the change. I said, we we can't buy an air conditioning. We don't have that much change. We did. <laughs> we had uh, about $270 in change. Right. And the new AC was $299 at Best Buy. That's where we found it. We wanted a, We needed at least a 1,200 BTU, and everybody was out of the 1,200s, but... Best Buy had some, and it was on sale for two ninety nine, and so basically a couple bucks out of my wallet. But basically, we bought our new AC with change. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, Excellent. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I give her credit; yeah. she's awesome. Yeah. I called her the savings queen on Facebook, or no, the saving the savings goddess on on facebook uh, definitely i think that's that is pretty cool but uh last week when i was doing the solo show i mentioned we have a new feature at the tech fan podcast website and it's the ability to send us a voice message it's on uh, the main page you'll see it on the right hand side if you click it this little thing pops up says we'd love to get feedback from you you click record and you can literally record us a message right there on the face on the uh i almost said facebook right there on the website and uh, i get an mp3 and uh, we got one from Peter Bird. So let's play that real quick, David. Okay. Hi, Tim and David. Uh, this is Peter Bird here. I've just finished listening to Tech Fan episode 126. It's about the Samsung Galaxy Ring. I've got to say, I'm with Tim so far on this assessment of the phone. It's not looking promising. Uh, you give your details once, then you get to that part of the phone, so Facebook, for instance, and he wants you to do it again. Yeah, that's just going to get old very quickly. And the updates with it, um, you put your wife's information in, do the update, and it loses it. And the fact you did it, what, four times, I think it was? Yeah, that's just going to get old very quickly. Not going to enjoy that at all. As for the HTC One, um, I've actually used one of those. They are nice. They feel very good in your hand. The software wasn't too bad either because it was running Jelly Bean, which is always helpful because it was the most up-to-date software at the time. So, But it was good. It wasn't enough to make me trade my iPhone for it, but it was a nice phone. So anyone who doesn't use an iPhone, I would tell them to go to that route. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, the other thing I'd mention to you guys, in case you don't know, this requires Flash to do. I don't have it natively, so I've had to use Google Chrome to do this. So anyway, just so you guys know, uh, keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you very much, Peter. Um, 
Yeah, so yeah, it doesn't work in all the browsers out there. It's like I said on last week's show, the plugin that allows us to have those voice recorders on there. Voice messaging is brand new. It's not even at version 1.0 yet. So hopefully they'll work out the bugs. But I got to say, I'm I I didn't check it with any other browsers because Chrome is my default browser. I think it's the best browser on the Mac right now, David. Um. Yeah. I, I hear a I hear a disagreement coming. Well, there's no. It's not that I really disagree, but the problem I find with Chrome is kind of goes back to what we were just talking about with the Android stuff. Is that it kind of bashes you all the time to log into Google, log into Google. Oh, did you know you're not logged into Google? You could really log into Google, and eventually you fade and you say, "Yeah, okay." So you log into Google, and of course, then Google's keeping an eye on everything you're doing. Um, and if you're kind of not into that. Then, then that that kind of puts me off a little bit with Chrome. So I tend well, to use come on. Chrome. Eric Schmidt himself said, "If you're not doing anything wrong, what's the problem?" Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I'm sure those words are going to come back to haunt him one day when he's hauled up <laughs> in front of the SEC or Congress or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so so I tend to use Chrome as a secondary browser. I prefer to stick with Safari, not because I think it's better because I, I don't really, but because it has all these integrated features integrated with the OS now, I kind of feel wrong if I don't use it, to be honest. Um, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And there's one part of Safari that is going to really be a problem for me, and that's when Mavericks comes out. And the version of Safari on there is much more robust. I've got a beta version of it. It's up to like the third beta now, maybe the fourth. Yeah. And uh, I haven't tried the latest one, to be honest, but I will soon. But I have to say that the version of Safari on there seemed to be pretty good. Yeah. And uh, it integrates with iOS as well. So it's going to be difficult for me to switch back from Chrome. But I do use Safari. Chrome on on the iPhone is terrible. Um, A lot of the pages I go to won't even display in Chrome on the iPhone. I don't know why. It just doesn't. And it does on Safari. So... I've kept to using Safari on the iPhone and the iPad, which is kind of yeah. a problem because if I find a new bookmark and I'm on the computer, it's not on my iPad now. Yeah. So uh, I hate having to... Here's what I would really like. If if Safari and Chrome and Firefox all used maybe iCloud or something as a bookmarking service, and it syncs bookmarks between the different browsers there, that would be but, cool. But it's never going to happen. Never going to happen. Absolutely not. Unfortunately, no. maybe there's a software workaround that someone could come up with to, to help us out with that. Well, I mean, you could use. You I can, can use, use Delicious or something like that. Oh yes, yeah, exactly. That, that's that's the only way to do it, really. I know, but I don't really want to do it that way. You know, it's a it's a another click to go there and then go somewhere else and. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I kind of know what you mean. I'm interesting enough. I just downloaded. We we use Office three six five in at work for our um, Exchange server now. Uh, and I just downloaded the uh, Outlook web app for iOS. Yeah, I was I trying. It's pretty good. It's really nice, actually. Yeah. It's really nice. Basically, it gives you an experience that's kind of like using um, the desktop. Uh, well, yeah, it's it's kind of it's half midway between the Windows eight version of Outlook uh, and uh, and the full desktop version, uh, and it's pretty good, really. And, and it's a much better corporate mail experience than I've heard. It's even these, better on the iPad. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a much better corporate mail experience than you get on um, than you get using the standard iOS mail client. Definitely. However, the the, the one fly in the ointment is that, of course, you click on the link, want to send a mail, say from um, you know, want to send a web page from Safari or something like that, and of course, you can't access that through uh, Outlook, the Outlook app. You have to. Yeah, it will then come up with a standard mail app. If you then want to send it from your corporate mail account, you have to have your corporate mail account set up on your on your uh, standard mail app, mm. uh, which, you know, is, is really what I'd like to be able to do is, is keep all my corporate mail just in the Outlook app and turn off, um, you know, keep, keep the mail app, sure. the, the iOS mail app just for my private stuff, you know. Well, that's um, the other problem about uh, the iOS platform. And, yeah. uh, and I'm the first to say if there's a problem. And that is, if I'm on a website on my iPad and I click, oh, there's a mail link, I can send them an email it defaults to Apple's own mail program and, and you can't no change it. Can't turn that off. That's what I don't like. I, you yeah. know, I understand they, they're going to bundle it and I can't delete that app. Fine. But at least give me the ability to say, you know what? I don't want to use your map. I want to use 
whatever it is, my, my choice of apps. This is the dichotomy, though, because you can do that on Android. Mm-hmm. You can do it with Bells on, on Android, but the problem is that level of control also allows a manufacturer to put all the rubbish we've just been complaining about on the phones. Yeah, but there's a fine balancing act, and I think that it wouldn't be one that Apple would have a problem navigating at all. Yeah, I, I suppose from their point of view, it's it's like if you have those options, then somebody might one day end up picking up a phone and trying to do something, and it wouldn't work the way they expected, and that's the worst user experience because somebody has reconfigured. Yeah, if you change you know. the, the, the default to, say, Outlook on your iPad, and then you delete it Outlook, and then you click a mail link, and iOS yeah. doesn't know what to do. That's And, and I think that's why they, they take a fairly hard line on that, saying, well... The general general user experience is is the look. They tailor their user experience to cover the majority. The people the people like us who want to be able to send yeah we're the minority fire, there. We're, we are a minority and sure. we kind of have to accept that really. And there are you I know don't we accept are it, David. Well, I'll never accept it. Uh, we are fortunate. Erica, that are, Ed- oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We are fortunate there are alternatives. What I, what I would say is that, you know, my, my Android phone is, you know, my cheap Chinese clone yeah. of, uh, of a Samsung Galaxy Note. Um, had very, it did have some Chinese stuff on it when I first got it that, that I was able to get rid of. Um, so I've now got, it's not running jelly beans, it's running the ice cream sandwich, but I've now got the pretty much the standard Google experience. And it's okay. It's not brilliant but it's okay it's certainly more usable than any of the touch whiz or any of the other rubbish that the carriers or the manufacturers put on um i'm gonna work to upgrade that phone to the latest version of jelly bean when i come back from the states i'm coming out to the states at the end of august san francisco and i want that phone to be working properly when i'm out there because i want to put a local sim in it and it's unlocked so i'm not going to try and flash it to the latest version of uh, Android until after I come back from that trip. But when I do that, I, I'm going to try and get it up to the... Obviously, it's an unsupported phone, so it's you need to hack around a little bit. But I have to say, if you, if you can get to something that has the default version of Android on and you want a little bit more openness, you feel comfortable being able to fiddle with settings on the phone, um, they can be okay. I think if you buy the right hardware, they can be uh, an okay choice, you know. We got um, feed, we got some more feedback on uh, yeah. the whole thing. You want to read that real quick? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So this was this was interesting actually because uh, Eric Diaz sent this through to us, and uh, I, I know Eric fairly well. I, I follow him on Twitter, and we we interact every now and again. Um, so Eric goes. Hi, Tim. You're not the only one with a crappy experience setting up an Android phone. Jim Dalrymple linked to this post on Slate, uh, and there's a link in here. Uh, which basically, you know, he says, and the guy is basically telling your story. I read the article. I'd actually spotted it independently this morning, and and I was thinking the same thing. It was like it was like you ghostwritten this for him. <laughs> yeah. He says, I thought you wrote it. It's basically what you said <laughs> in the last show. I know. I did read it after <laughs> I got that feedback, and he it, was talking about the same thing with the Facebooks, uh, yeah, logins, and then the th- you know, and then Sprint wanted to download an update, and and, and well, it's it, probably it was, exactly the same uh, experience I had because this it, is. Yeah. On the Sprint network, right? So it could it's be Virgin the same Mobile, device. but it's yeah, yeah. it could be. Yeah. But uh, he yeah. says my aunt. He says my aunt has an Android phone that's so basic and crappy it might as well be a feature phone, and yet it counts as an Android activation. She uses it as she used her old Samsung feature phone. I think activation and total user numbers for Android mean almost nothing. I agree with that. I mean, yeah. it's such a a screwy metric activation. That means everybody who buys a phone and then resets it for any reason they're going to count as a new activation. You know, and the, I've, the numbers they say they, they're talking about a million activations for day a day, and, and you, 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 when you do some math on that, you think, well, where are all these phones? If there was that actually that many physical phones lying around, we'd be like drowning in them. You know? We kind of are, though. I mean, it'd be it'd be like that episode of Star Trek, you know, with the Tribbles, where they ended up everywhere, all over the ship. You know, and every time they opened a the cupboard, Tribbles fell out on them. It'd be like that with Android phones. I'm not a nerd. I don't know what you're talking about. You know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Let's uh, let's take a yeah. quick break. And, so I'll, uh, I just uh, just before we move on, just want to say uh, Eric's last point was by the way, nice to see David is back on track after the crash. Yeah. Keep up the show; it's entertaining. Thank you very much, Eric. I appreciate the thought. Yeah, definitely. I'm. <laughs> I don't know if he's back on track. Um, you know, he's he's a little. Well, I guess you're always kind of weird. So I, I guess maybe that's 
I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not the same person I was before. <laughs> we got a uh, uh, the Mac Just podcast. They uh, recorded an ad, so let's play that real quick. We'll be right back. Siri, I'm looking for a new Apple podcast to listen to. Any recommendations? I found one new podcast for you, but it looks like they only record themselves drinking and chatting about the latest Apple news and rumor. Well, that sounds great. What's it called? It's called the Mac Just podcast. But Nick, why would anyone listen to that? Well, Siri, alcohol is the anesthesia by which we endure the operation of life. I found these five rehab clinics near you. Would you like directions? Ugh, Siri, enough with the rehab. Just download the latest Mac Just podcast now. I'm sorry, Nick. I cannot do that at this time. Go home, Siri. You're drunk. That's not nice. Eh, what does she know anyways? Check us out over at themacgistpodcast.com. And we're back. Tech Fan Podcast number 127. Uh, David and I would love your feedback. You can go to techfanpodcast.com and, of course, leave us a voice message or send us email. I am Tim at techfanpodcast.com. I am David at techfanpodcast.com. You know, we'd really love it if you guys went to the iTunes store and left us feedback there please it, it helps us please. in the rankings it it, yeah. it means we'll get more popular more people will uh discover the show hey you're listening we, you must we like need, it we need more money i i need a second hot tub <laughs> speaking of money i spent a ton of money this week david let me go turn this thing on real quick hold on right Ugh. all right oh, i didn't do it well i don't like that a bit uh, hold on. It's not. It it made noise before, David. I swear. Oh, I had noise now. Yeah, but it didn't make the noise that I wanted to. Let me try that again. Power off. Come on. Yes. Turn off the whole thing. Oh, I think I have to turn on my controller first. And nope. It turned on, but no noise. Well, that's weird. I don't know. Uh, I bought an Oya. Oya. I'm not sure. Is that some sort of little dwarf? <laughs> it is. His name's uh, Jonathan. We call, we call him Oya. Um, he does laundry. Excellent. You know what? I would <laughs> If that was real, I would actually buy one of those. <laughs> I know we're talking slavery here, but, you know, it's not human, so who cares? But it's a dwarf. <laughs> yeah. We're bad. Um... No, in, in seriousness, though, I did get a uh, the Ouya. So this is kind of a it's an it's an Android tablet. Yeah, I hope it doesn't count console. as an activation. <gasps> <laughs> Damn you! <laughs> Damn you, Eric Schmidt! Fall us again! Oh man, yeah, this is a ninety-nine dollar, very small cube fits in the palm of your hand, and it comes with one controller. And it's an Android device. It plays... Yeah. What's interesting about this is it's basically an Android version of something we have asked Apple to do over and over again. Yes, absolutely. give us the iOS on a little box with a controller we can plug into our TV and play games on. Well, I'll be honest. uh, I've had it now for three days. Let me turn this... Ooh, it made noise that time. Let me see if we can do that again. Huh. That's cool. Um... Power off. Would you like to turn it off? Yes. So, ninety-nine bucks. My expectations weren't too high, but there was some things. I'll be honest. Michael Mana uh, on the T4 show, uh, a friend of mine, he got yeah. one. Uh, some of you might know him as Stevie Richards. He wrestled in the WWF, WWE, one of those things. Um. Michael Manna got one, and he did some uh, videos that he posted up on his Facebook page. And I watched it, and I'll be honest, damn you, Michael Manna, it's your fault that I got this. Right. Because what really grabbed my attention, uh, he went into the the Ouya store, I guess. And a lot of the stuff up there is free, but some of the stuff you have to pay for. Most of the stuff you download, it gives you a level or two, the page oh. stuff, and then it says, do you want to buy it? It's you know two ninety nine or $0.99 cents or whatever. But what really grabbed my attention was retro. That was the, you know, the subfolder in the store. And in there right. was a whole bunch of emulation software, SNES, NES, Atari 2600. And I thought this is awesome because I just happened to have some ROMs. Right. So I uh, 
I was I was hooked. I, I have to have this thing. And I have to say, though, when I first fired it up, well, right out of the box, um, I, I noticed that, number one, I was really impressed with the size of this thing, and it feels solid, solidly built. The controller, though, I, I'm not going to go f- so far as to say it's junk, but it's not very good. Yeah. It's a pretty piss-poor um, controller. But... It does come with an HDMI cable, Hallelujah. which yeah. they don't usually do, which drives me crazy. But this one had one in there, so I was, I was kind of impressed with that, to be honest. I know it's a small thing, but again, remember, this is a $99 little game console. Yeah. And then it comes with uh, Duracell batteries for the controller. Usually, cool. when you buy electronics, it comes with batteries that you've never <laughs> heard of before. They're like... <laughs> aqua green and yellow and you're like <laughs> well these will yeah. last me like three days yeah, orange writing on them and then right then it'll look called something like aptics right and but <laughs> yeah. here's a, no one ever talks about this and i know everyone that's listening to this show has experienced this you bought something that has a remote or whatever it comes with batteries but it's a brand you've never ever heard of and if you actually go to a store you can't buy these batteries they don't exist anywhere else except for special to manufacturers. And they, they don't last for crap. They last for a couple weeks tops, and then you have to replace the batteries. Stop it. Give me Duracell. Give me Energizer. What do you guys use over in the UK? Yeah, same. Same? So, okay, that we all yeah. know Energizer or Duracell, they're going to last longer. We just know that, right? The other thing they don't do, which is what the cheap batteries do, is if you... Uh, could, you know, suppose you put the device down for a couple of weeks. When you pick it up again, those batteries will have just spontaneously committed Karosaki. They'll be yes, dead. I've seen you know, that they, too. They're just like, you're not using me, so I'm gonna die. Yes, there's no and power management whereas, built in. Whereas a Duracell will just sit there and say, oh yeah, now you want to use me? Yeah, here, here, let's go here, have some juice. And anytime I've ever had a piece of uh, electronic device, that, a, a piece of uh, technology that used batteries that I stopped using for years and accidentally left the batteries in. They the leak. cheap ones, they always leak. Yeah. Duracell or uh, Energizer, I don't remember ever seeing one leak. So there's definitely a difference in quality here. Yeah. And uh, I know everyone's experienced that. So now that next time that happens, you'll go, ooh, tech fan. Tim was talking about that. Um, I was really impressed to see that the Oya came with Duracell batteries. I was like, mm-hmm. that's awesome. The, here's the problem I ran into. The first problem, I hooked up the OUYA, plugged it in, HDMI to my switch box, good to go. Um, sat down with the controller and went, where the hell do the batteries go? Because there's no battery compartment that you can see. There's no little screw, you know, where you can open the little well, flap. I, and, I just assumed it would be like the Xbox controller, which is you turn it over and on the back, there's a battery compartment. Right. I, I'm looking on the back and it's just completely smooth. There's not even screws in the thing in the back. So, okay, well, maybe the top. No, nothing there. And you're looking at it, and you honestly cannot figure out where the hell the batteries go. And there's no piece of paper in the box that tells you? There's no instructions at all with the thing. Like, oh, you just got this thing. Here's how you put the batteries in your controller. Nothing. Nothing at all. I could, it's, look. So where, where'd they go? Well, have, have you seen a picture of the Ouya, the controller? Yeah. The yeah. little silver pieces on the front of the cover... They're just oh, held right. down by those, magnets. So those pop off. Those pop off. But I had to look it up online. But that's a stupid design. Actually, the design's not bad as long as it's intuitive that that's where the freaking batteries go. No, but I can see a I can see a situation over time where those are going to come loose. Yeah, but I also I think that... don't want to face the controllers to feel loose. No, but you could buy third-party ones. I think that's kind of maybe one of the reasons they went that route. And there's and it takes two batteries, but there's right. one battery on on each side. At first, I thought, well, maybe that's you know for a balancing thing, so it's it's kind of balanced. So if all the batteries went in the left hand controller, it would feel a little lopsided. I don't know if that's why they did it that way or what, but the controller, uh, kind of janky. Yeah. Um, does I've I've read people saying that there was a delay. Haven't really noticed a delay. I've noticed a general sponginess. Uh, non-responsive sometimes. I was trying to pay, play Pac-Man, yeah. and it's picking up my controls half the time. So I go up. It doesn't go up. Well, so that sucks. It does. And uh, 
I think a lot of that could be fixed in software, but not all of it. I think with the controller, well, the controller is the controller. I'm sure there's probably a way you can flash it, except there's no plugs in here. So I can't plug it into a USB and, and flash it. So it's just going to be a junky controller. I'm hoping that, hoping, I'm hoping that eventually they come out with a better controller. And I, don't, I won't mind spending 25, 30 bucks for a better controller. Or they, or they just let you use an Xbox or a PS3 controller. Well, there's some games that say that you can. I haven't tried it yet. So, and I think it's only Bluetooth. So I think it would have to be the Xbox because, uh, yeah. or is it vice versa? One of them uses Bluetooth. It's laid out just like an Xbox controller, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, it feels fine in my hand. It's just, yeah, it's not a great controller. So the retro aspect was kind of what drew me in. So I downloaded all these different emulators. I loaded up some ROMs on a USB stick, plugged it in, launched the emulators, and I could not navigate no matter what I tried to where my ROMs was. It was not seeing the flash drive or the uh, the USB stick at all. Right. Just wouldn't see it. So I did some research online, and it seems like everybody is having the same problem. I found one obscure post after about a half hour. And remember, this is a half hour that I'm not playing with this new device I bought. Yeah. That said, if you go into the load screen, uh, the you know where it shows you the ID number for the hard drives that are in it. There's only one, but it shows. Uh, so you could. It looks like you could put another flash drive in it. Is what it looks like. Yeah. If you actually push left on the controller, and then scroll down, you will actually see. If you have a USB stick installed, a USB memory stick setting. So I went there, boom, the emulator saw all the ROMs on there, and it started loading them, no problem. But I thought, eh, you know, that's kind of janky. Yeah. It's not the way. It should be intuitive, and it's just not. So they've got some work to do. But that being said, David, yeah. the games that I have played, yeah. and I'll be honest, most of them are emulation stuff, have all worked just really well. And uh, I, I'm kind of pleased with it, to be honest. Now, with everything I just said, you would think I would suggest not buying it or I kind of well, regret yeah, it. But I mean, it, it, the, for me, does, does that control the problem come down to, you know, is that, is that a showstopper? No. Because um, I played some other games, the non-emulation ones, and five of the six games that I tried, I had yeah. no problems with. Right. So I think that... No, I like it, man. I got to be honest. Yeah. I, I really kind of dig this thing. I, I like, I like that it's so small. Uh, I like that I can pretty much download anything on it, and it's a limited selection. I'll be honest; it's not a huge selection yet, but that's growing every day. Yeah, I like the concept probably more than the actual device, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I, I wonder. I mean, would you be able to take that controller and use its control the same games on a on a uh, Android tablet? I heard you can. I haven't tried it. I don't. Yeah. Other than the uh, Kindle Fire, I don't have an Android tablet. Yeah. So I don't know. That's something that I'm going to have to uh, look into eventually. But because that'd be kind of cool if you could play the games on your TV, uh, and then continue playing the games when you're out and about on your Android device. I think it'd be even cooler if I could connect my Android tablet to the Ouya, and it's just streaming games that way. Yeah. So it, I'm still using the controller. It's still the Oya. It's just all the games that are in the Google Store now. The yeah. problem with that is they're all touch-based. So there's going to have to be some, you know, API sticking on top of it. Like, for instance, I downloaded uh, Shadow Gun on the yeah. Oya. All the screenshots are from the tablet version because it shows the virtual drumstick and, or drumstick, the thumbstick Joyce, and buttons. Right. And I thought, eh, yeah, okay. But it's early days, so I'm going to give them a pass on a lot of these little niggly problems. Yeah. Because it, it just launched. I mean, it, they're yeah. still hard to find. So you, you basically you have to get the games from their store. You can't use... There's ways you can sideload it. Um, right. The company themselves really are not going out of their way to block the hacker community. I think they're too yeah. smart for that. They understand that the hacker community is going to make this thing popular. And this is a Kickstarter project. Isn't it? it started out that way, yeah, but yeah. they've got uh, independent funding, and they're kind of a big deal. They had a yeah. 
uh, kind of a run-in with the E3 people because they actually set up their booth outside. Yeah, I, rem- I remember hearing about that. And E3 actually brought a semi-trailer and blocked them so you couldn't even yeah. see them. Kind of shady. I, I've actually seen the console for sale here in the UK. Um, we have a, a kind of a, um, a company called Game who are a, a bit like GameStop. Yeah, yeah, I know who they are. Um, yeah, um, they went out of business, actually. <laughs> I heard. <laughs> That's why I know who back, they are. Yeah. Oh, they came um, back. Yeah, they came back. Um, oh. Somebody bought them out, and, and they're, they're back now. Uh, and they've started selling uh, kind of used hardware and traded in hardware in their, in their store windows recently. Uh, and I've noticed that they, they, they are also selling new Ouyas as well. Of course, a lot more expensive here. It's £99 instead of $99. Uh-huh. So it's like so, another 25% than what uh, I would pay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I've seen them. So I, I, I was intrigued to, to hear what you thought of it. Well, you know, you've got a lot of used hardware that you're not using anymore. You might be able to trade something in and pick one up for free. Yeah, yeah, I might, might well do. I've, I've well, you like old games like I do. Yeah, I do. I, I certainly do. And, and I've got a, a monitor here I could plug it into in the, uh, in the office. So I might, well, um, I might well be tempted. I have to be honest. Uh, here, let me, uh, let's, let me turn it on real quick while we're recording the show. It's always, you know, a visual aid on a, uh, an audio podcast is always a good thing, David. This works very well. Yeah. So I'm going to go into the NES emulator. And I'm going to say uh, load games. Now, because I did this on a Mac, I'm getting all the, the dot underscore for yeah. the file. So you just got to kind of... I forgot about that at first. I'm like, well, none of them are loading. Then I scroll past all those and I find the actual ROM files. So one of my favorite games... Oh, what happened? Load games. Oh, it lost it. I got to go do my thing again like I was telling you about. Yeah. Yeah, I clicked a button and I went too far past it. So I'm going to go down to one of my favorite games of all time. Now, this is the NES version, which is like, eh, I don't like the NES version. But it's still the game, and I still like it. Oh, I didn't realize I loaded so many more games on here. It's going to take me a second. In fact, it's going to take me a while. I'm just into the Bs. Now I'm in the C. There's over 500 games. So uh, I'm just going to hold down the down button and let it scroll through here, David. Okay. Um, there's a little trick to get rid of all these dot underscore files, I'm going to have to do that on my Mac. I have to actually fire up the, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, I, I cannot think of the name of the console. Yeah. And going that way. Because the Mac Finder does not see these files. Because the Mac Finder is what creates all these stupid files. Yeah. So if I go through it that way, I can actually delete them. All right, I'm into the, my files now. going to go down to one of my favorite games of all time and uh, give you an audio of what it kind of sounds like. And this is probably a game that you're, you might be familiar with. I don't know. You know Burger Time? Oh, yeah. So here's Burger Time. Uh, and it says, uh, th- this is the nice thing, David. Autosave states exist from Wednesday, July 17th uh, at 23... Wow, I was up pretty late playing. Yeah. <laughs> 11.18 p.m., right? So I could continue my game right where I left it off. I didn't have to save it or anything. It just sta- saves the state. But I'm actually going to say restart the game. So it's continue, and that would continue with my autosave or restart the game. So you know what the game sounded like. And it doesn't sound like I've got any audio now. Oh, there it goes. Oh, yeah. And it's very loud. Let me turn it down a little bit here. But uh, on this game, only the D-pad works. You know, the little... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got an egg. Uh, and they're going to get me, David. Help, help. Get oh. the pepper. Get the pepper. Wait, I can't. And they got me. So, Burger Time. I'm playing Burger Time from the NES on my Ouya. How awesome is that, man? Yeah, pretty good. So, th- did it kind of make you want to go get it now? I'm tempted, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got some other things that I need to, uh, to fund first. I just built... An- in fact, uh, our listeners will probably be interested in this. I, I just built a new PC the other day for the first time in many, many years. Which so is something when I, you say you built a PC, in other words, you got the motherboard and the case. And I did. I was surprised how cheap it was, actually, because when, back when I did, used to do this before I got into Macs, um, you know, I was looking at £300 minimum for a machine. Ooh, yeah. I put, put it together for less than £100. Wow. Yeah. What's the um, specs? Oh, they're fairly low. It's it's got a modern motherboard with USB three and PCI Express and all that sort of stuff on. Uh, I put a dual core seller on in there. 
because uh, I don't need a hefty processor, 2 gig of RAM because I don't need a lot of RAM either, um, onboard graphics, uh, and a SATA hard drive that uh, was like 320 gig hard drive um, in a nice, neat little mini tower case. Why didn't you use one of your old Macs and, as the case? That would have been cooler, man. Yeah, but that would have mean kind of having to modify stuff and I, I just wanted to get the machine up and running quickly because the reason I'm doing this is I want to build a um, digital currency miner okay so uh, the idea with these digital currencies like Bitcoin and stuff like that is that you run a computer 24-7 you put a, a really good graphics card in there that kind of can do all the math and you leave it running and basically what will happen is over a period of time it will generate digital currency for you and if at the same time you're doing that, that currency is appreciating in value, then you can earn some scratch. And uh, I thought it would be an interesting project. So I've got the machine built. I've got the machine uh, installed and up and running. I managed to finish that off today before, uh, before we did the show. What OS? So it's it's going to be running Windows 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that I've got that, I need to get the uh, mining software up and running on it. And once I've done that, then I will also be buying a graphics, huge graphics card off eBay putting that in there and then it'll be ready to go so hopefully by this time next week it should be churning away and then i'll just wait for the millions of dollars to roll in (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure it's right around the corner david i reckon it's going to make about as much money for me as a a, you know a mid to medium level uh kind of amazon associates account yeah well that's not too bad sometimes yeah, well, you know, it's 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 an int- it's just an interesting project, and if if I uh, if I decide that it's not working out, well, I've still got the machine. I've not paid spent a lot of money. Yeah, that's uh, true. And uh, you know, I can, what do you think your total cost is after you get the graphic card and Windows? Graphics seven? card's going to be about another uh, another fifty pounds, something like that. I'm not going to get you. Can, I mean, if you want high, really high performance, you could spend three hundred pounds on a graphics card that would take three power feeds off the power I still don't understand how you make money off of it. So the way it works is that um, if you think about the dollar currency, mm-hmm. what it represents, it originally on when you were on the gold standard, it represented a value of the amount of gold that, uh, that the US Treasury owns. Right. A, a, a portion of it. Um, and, that, and that's what it was. And, and because the uh, value of gold went up over time, then the currency got uh, was worth more than it was. You know that that was kind of you know inflationary as well. Right, right, and the, right. and really the reason that that you could use gold as a standard for currency is because if you think about it, the value of gold represents its scarcity and also how hard it is to get it up out the ground. So you have to find it and then you have to dig it up. And the work you put in to do that is why gold is valuable. Ultimately, at the end of the day, there's a demand for it, and because it's hard to get. It's, it becomes valuable. And the fact is, over time, as gold becomes more and more scarce, the value goes up. So digital currencies are kind of work on the same principle. So the idea is, is that they decide at the start, when they design a digital currency, how, how many um, units of it there's ever going to be. And then they design a mathematical algorithm that allows you to generate the currency. So you basically you do very complex maths, and every now and again, you kind of get a hit so you do a you you run through these equations and every now and again you 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 get a result that matches a result elsewhere in the network and that means that you again then get given a value of currency. So they've kind of uh, it's complicated to explain, but there's there's mathematical calculations you can do. Every now and again you get a match, and when you get a match, that means they give you twenty coins or fifty coins or whatever they. And it's called a digital do. currency generator. A digital currency currency generator. They actually call it digital currency mining. So if you've heard of Bitcoin, Bitcoin is a digital currency, and it works on this principle. The thing is, is that the the way it works is over time it gets the the mathematical algorithms are designed so it gets harder and harder to get a hit. So if you start, it's you. You'll get hits fairly regularly, but you know. But as more people use it and more people start mining, it becomes harder and harder to get a hit. And obviously, that then means the currency appreciates a little bit in value. And then obviously, if if it takes off, people start trading it. They start trading it for dollars or for other currencies, and that also drives some value in as well. 
My name is Tim. I'd like to sell you some Amway, David. We have some beautiful products here. And if you're interested, we can get you in on the ground floor as an Amway sales representative. And this way, David, you can make an income and get discounts on the products that you sell. I appreciate it sounds very much like that. But if, if you go looking... I do like that voice. I've never yeah, done that no, voice that before. Was, that was good. You, you, you sound, it sounded um, straight... I was, go, I, I was going for Paula Dean a little bit. You sound. You actually sounded like you'd come straight off the set of No Country for Old. Is it? Was it No Country for Old Men? Yeah. What's that movie we saw in San Francisco? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. No yeah, Country where the for guy, Old Men. Where the guys were in on the oil rush. At the yeah, beginning. yeah. No, yeah. no, no. That was. Uh... Oh, I cannot think of it. Old country, No Country for Old Men was the one with Tommy Lee Jones and. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I'm, I'm just drawing a blank. Huh. Anyway, Daniel Davis. Wasn't yeah, 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 yeah. I cannot think of the name. Uh, there will be blood. There will be blood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, I did not yeah. look that up. I, I pulled that one. Well out. done. So, <laughs> I think I should do a podcast using this voice the whole time. Just the whole time, Dave. Out. Tell you, if you voice. remind me of. You mm-hmm. sound like you remember Dana Carvey on. I on do. The, uh, I do remember that he was a very good. I like <laughs> so Dana. Did, he was a very he handsome the, man. He did the church lady. You yes, remember the church he did. lady? Well, yes. isn't that special? That's special, David. <laughs> So, so you built this little PC all by yourself, and it will make you pretend money. I think that's very special, David. I think you should be very proud of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little kind of sending there, isn't it? Yeah, but the thing is, is you look at uh, if you look at what people have, uh, are trading Bitcoin for now. There are there are people who who got in on that early, and they've made hundreds of thousands of dollars just because it took off. So you can only I'm do not- this on a PC. You can do it on a Mac, but the thing is, is the Macs to really to read. You, so you're doing math. So what if I bought a the, Mac Pro for it? Oh, I'm sure one of the new Mac Pros would be great, but those are going to be like three, four thousand dollars, aren't they, when they come out? Um, this is the thing. I did not want to spend a lot of money because I think people who you can go out if you if you're into Bitcoin money, you can go out and dedicate buy a dedicated Bitcoin miner for about a thousand dollars, and they say, oh, well, the rate it's producing now, you'll make your money back in three months, and you know what? That, that's when it really does start sounding like snake oil. Yeah, yeah. I think trying it with a new currency um, for minimal investment and seeing how it turns out is an interesting side project. I don't expect it to make me lots of money. If I make the money back on what I've invested, I think I've done pretty well. How about you? How, how about we find someone to make us an app for the Oya that does it? You just leave your Oya on, run that app, and before I, I you think, know it, you'll be, you can the, buy another Oya. With the process, with the processor and the Oya, I think what you might do is you, you might after a year or two, generate enough money to buy one of those cheap batteries that comes in the controller <laughs> yeah. for, a, for a less capable system. <laughs> well, I think that's special, Dave. I think you should uh-huh. be proud of yourself, and I, and I think that you should continue to do it. Uh, you're not going to die a job, though, I hope. You're, not, you're still working. you got a family to support now. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I annoying you with the voice yet? A little bit. I will not say what you're doing to me. I, I will comment that perhaps we probably lost a few listeners. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, a follow-up from last week. I still have not plugged in or used the uh, digital scanner. Yeah, I actually... I was listening to that last week. When you were going, oh, you know, I'm surprised how expensive they are. I am not. I know... The reason it's expensive is because those are very fast scanners. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. I, uh, but it's still... It, it seems disproportionately expensive compared to it's it's simply yeah. using for the most part the same type of technology we've had for quite a long time i suspect to do you know a scanner page in in a quarter of a second as opposed to the 20 seconds it takes with a flatbed i suspect the technology is incrementally more expensive and that's yeah. why those i know those scan snap i fancied having a scan snap i'd i'm looking over at my wife's desk now and it is piled probably six, seven inches high with bits of paper. So we have a real paper problem in this house. Well, my wife and has kept like all the schoolwork from the kids. Yeah, the same same sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. And every letter she ever gets. Yep. I mean, and the point I don't know why she keeps them because she, it's such a mess. She can never find anything. 
Well, right? eventually she's going to sort through it, and it's going to uh, be good. Well, you know what? I've been waiting. We've been how long? We've been married now. Fourteen years, fifteen years, and there are boxes in there. All good basically, what happens to is, those who wait, David? Yeah, it piles up and piles up, and eventually I can't stand it anymore, and I stick it in a cardboard box and I put it under the desk. Yeah. Yeah, to clean it off, and then it starts again. So there's probably 15 years worth of paper there, mm-hmm. and uh, it never gets cleaned up. So I would love to be in a position where we could just, as it came in, we could just scan it, store it digitally, and throw the paper away. So I've been looking at scan snaps for a long time, but I've never had the uh, the inclination to drop the three, four hundred pounds it would require to to get a scan snap. Well, I'll let so you know soon, right here on TechFan, because this is where I'm going to review it. Um, you know. What it, is it good? Is it great? Is it? Yeah. Um, and I do have a few other things that's come in. Um, what was the? Well, I don't know what. Oh, there it is. Uh, this is a pair of headphones, and it's headphones like over the ear. It's a uh, beautiful sound Harman Kardon, and noise canceling over the ear headphones. And so far, uh, they look nice. They're kind of uh, rectangle instead of rounded. Yeah. They really do hug your ears. But uh, I, I haven't really used them much, so that's I can't really say much more than that. The problem with ear hugging is that sometimes those can be uncomfortable if you wear them for a long time. Exactly, and that's why I say I can't really say much because I haven't used them much. The audio yeah. quality for the five minutes that I did use them was was decent to good. Yeah, I wouldn't go any higher than that. Uh, but again, extensive testing, listening, comfort, all that will come in time. And then uh, finally, before we wrap up here, uh, the big thing that I'm going to be reviewing here soon, and you can uh, Google this, David, it's a JBL Cinema SB400. It's a sound bar with wireless subwoofer. And uh, this box that it comes in is uh, four foot tall. Mm. And I wasn't here yesterday when it arrived. I was in Chicago. so my And it weighs probably, I don't know, 40, 50 pounds. So my wife was very pleased. Yeah, I'm sure she was. That she had to lug this huge box into my office. And uh, she said, who sent you this? And the the return address, I I didn't know who the hell it was. And I said, I don't know what that is. And she said, it's a big box. I said, how big? And she sent me a picture of Cole standing in front of the box. And the box dwarfs him because he's like, you know, three and a half foot tall. So it's bigger than he is. I was like, holy crap, I have no idea what that is. Um, I was hoping it was a car, but it wasn't. Yeah, but uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, my cool. my only problem with that is, you know, I had a really nice surround sound system with very expensive speakers. I still have all that stuff, by the way. It's yeah. just not hooked up. I told you I was going with more yeah. a minimalist thing. So great. Now I got to stick a sound bar and a subwoofer in there, and but I'm you know, it's it's a lot less space than the system I had before. So I'm looking forward I, to playing yeah. with it. I have a pair of. Um, kind of tiny little tweeters and a great big subwoofer hooked into my Mac mm-hmm. and I have an audio switch so it's also hooked into my Xbox uh-huh. yeah and this thing is loud when you crank it up it's really loud and um, for playing games wow so you may- maybe you want to put it on your game systems instead of the TV well the uh, I, I, I still have the PS3 hooked up to the TV in there yeah and I don't really you've seen my, the picture of my office with the game systems yeah. I don't really have room there for a sound bar underneath. Right. And even if I did, chances are if I'm playing games, someone's in the, the living room, which is right next, it's the room next door, um, it would be too loud. All right. And I can't wait till the kids are in bed because, again, it'd be too loud. So I, it's pretty much got to go in the living room, I think. Okay. The wireless subwoofer, I do like that idea. I could stick that under a table in the back of the room because, uh, as you know, bass is omnidirectional. It's not yeah. right. It's not left. You're not supposed to be able to pinpoint where it's coming from. That's the whole point of bass. And so, you know, I'll try it. I'll move it around and see what it's like. But I'm so looking I forward actually, to it. I, th- I think what you need to do with that, actually, is not is you need to set the whole system up underneath your bed. Hmm. Right? And then when you're not at home, when you're, um, you know, when you're away in Chicago, what you need to do is, is remotely trigger kind of, you know, one of those white, white noise or pink noises the things that kind of unsettles people yeah 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 and then see how julie says she sleeps the following day <laughs> yeah you know, well, so i don't i don't you, stay overnight in chicago anymore well i just feel fake fakely I, on edge i don't know why i don't i don't stay overnight in chicago anymore i drive back when i go right um this thing's like uh i think it said list price is 660 dollars 
It's around four seventy five or uh, five seventy five on Amazon. So it's not it's not a cheap one. It's an expensive Cheeks, one. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So David, with that, I guess we ought to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Uh, are you good next week? Should be. Same with me. So hopefully we'll get together next week, do another one of these. If we're not able to get together, of course, we will. One of us will record a show solo and uh, continue on. It's great talking yeah. to you, my friend. Great talking to you too. But you know what? Now I'm going to go and find a nice cool table and I'm going to lie down underneath it. Go in the refrigerator. Just don't close the door all the way. You'll be fine. You're you're kind of short. You can probably fit. <laughs> Thanks. <for that. laughs> Bye. Bye.